What's going on, Bengals fans? Welcome back to Stripe Pipe All Day Podcast. Blake Jew, join alongside me as my co-host, as always, William James. How are you doing on this fine day, Will? You know, I must admit, I'm I'm doing good. I'm having a good night. Had a good day. It's fall weather. I can't complain. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's been a pretty good week for the Bengals as well, as uh, we had a, a big win against the Detroit Lions, of course, uh, complete blowout win. And we're going to re- we're going to recap that a little bit and preview the Ravens game that is coming up this week, of course. But let's start out with this Bengals Lions game and what a game it was. It's a complete domination as a whole. Joe Burrow got everything he wanted this game. And I mean, from the start, it just kind of felt like Cincinnati was obviously the better team through and through. Yeah, I mean, it's because we were. I mean, look, the Lions, as it is right now, you know, they, they're rebuilding completely. They're just not a good football team. But the first year they rebuild, and the Bengals had the advantage pretty much every position on the field. Um, Hendrickson, I mean, Hendrickson was great. You know, Chris Evans was great. I can go on about Chase and Burrow. We'll get more into that in half a second. But this is the showing that, hey, you know, we're a better team. And I don't want to get to the big picture just yet, but I will mention just real quick that I think that you could make the argument this game showed like, hey, when it comes to the playoffs, we're pretty serious. You know, somebody may say like, oh, it's the Lions. And that that's kind of my point is that it's the Lions. Like, if you're a team in playoff contention, which I believe that we are, you're supposed to handle the Lions very easily. I mean, this has been recorded on a Thursday night, and the Broncos, who are believed to be another team in playoff contention, just lost to the Browns with, like, an, a completely injured offense. So, I mean, there's cl- there's clearly some levels to this, you know, playoff, you know, contention shenanigans, and it's still early in the season. We don't really know who's who yet. But I- I'm really pleased with that win. I think games like that, we play the Jets in, like, next week, and, you know, just games like that where they're easy games, you're the better team, those are good games where you just have to win. And you don't have to look good doing it, but looking good doing it like we did, gives them confidence and certainly helps without a doubt and we're, we're going to kind of go through quarter quarter uh and uh kind of i guess go over what happened so we you mentioned it earlier and we got to talk about this I think a big storyline is something that we really got from this Bengals game was the performance of chris evans coming in as a wide receiver or running back two and just really impressing and and showing out this week i was really impressed with how he played and he got the first touchdown of the game a big wheel route pass we saw it in the preseason a little bit we kind of noticed uh, that Chris Evans might have been legit this year if he was able to uh, to be effective in the passing game. And here he is, yet again, beating a linebacker on the outside in the wheel route. I feel like that's becoming one of the more guaranteed, like, good plays the Bengals have had this uh, this season and that no one's really talking about. I mean, for a guy that didn't hardly played any snaps last year for Michigan, it is really impressive to see how well he's been performing um, for the Bengals right now. And that big pass from Burrow to, I think, Chris Evans really set the tone early. Uh, in the first half, or first quarter, despite interception thrown by Burrow early on. Of course, Logan Wilson responds with a touchdown of his own, and we can talk about Logan Wilson a little bit more later, but I, I was really, really impressed with how uh, Chris Evans performed, especially in that big touchdown catch that he got in the first quarter. Yeah, I was too. You know, I, I think I and many of the Bengals fans didn't really know what we were going to get going into the, the preseason to Chris Evans. He didn't play much, but you could tell it wasn't because of talent and he had some issue with the coaches. It was just a really weird situation. And then preseason comes around to like, hey, you know, this guy's kind of good. He might have something. And then you see Piron do much of nothing. And it makes you think, you know, like, what do we have in Chris Evans? You have to see that. And I've wanted to see it for a while, especially in pass protection. And Evans showed last week that I personally think Evans is the best option for RB2 going forward. 
I mean, he, he's a better receiving back. I mean, it, that first touchdown, Burrow threw it. It wasn't overthrown, but it, was, it wasn't exactly in the bread basket. It was a little bit far. And I don't think people really realize how hard that catch is with Evans. He's so short. He's reaching out full extension with the fingertips, and he gets the guy makes that catch. That's a good catch, and that's impressive. And using his speed to beat the linebacker on the wheel route, like you said, that's impressive stuff. And then there was one play. I can't remember what quarter it was in, but I think most people know what I'm talking about. There was a, a blitzing linebacker completely untouched, and Evans just put all of his force into him. To make an incredible, it was on the deep throw to Chase, that wasn't a touchdown, but it was really deep. It was like third quarter, deep bomb. Um, it was on that play, and Chris Evans had a crucial block on a blitzing linebacker, put all of his you know shortness and might into it, and he ended up giving a Burrow a beautiful just pocket to throw to Chase. It, it was crucial, and when P Ryan's been so bad in pass protection this season, I feel like having something like that is just absolutely crucial. So, you know, obviously you need some consistency, you know, see what he does in a large role the next few weeks. But I think if Evans could just give us similar performances to that, you know, even just pass blocking, you know, he's not going to have a catching touchdown every week. But just in pass pro and a little short catches, if he can give us that every week, I am perfectly fine and I will advocate for him to be RB2 going forward. It should be worth noting that uh, first half, uh, Trey Hill was the starter at right guard, and it oh, really boy. just did not work out whatsoever. <laughs> he single-handedly ruined two drives by himself. Uh, and because of that, I think Cincinnati had uh, only 10 points in the first half uh, it, to make it a 10-0 game, of course, at halftime. The defense played lights out, like I said. Logan Wilson had another fantastic game, another interception to add to his arsenal. Had, had it not been for Trayvon Diggs right now, he would be the lone leader uh, for interceptions, but for some reason, Trayvon Diggs has seven right now through seven weeks, which is insane. Uh, or no, sorry, seven through six weeks, which is just unreal. That's insane. But um, yeah, so uh, Logan has Logan has four and is still playing lights out completely. Had another fantastic game this week. Let's go ahead and move on to the second half. That's where I think the bulk of uh, what happened uh, occurred. J- Jamar Chase did have a pretty big pass in the uh, first half, of course, because he always does. Uh, that resulted in an Evan McPherson field goal. But uh, the second half is, is really where things started to change. And we started to see Joe Mixon kind of take over. Uh, Mixon, of course, had been limited throughout the week uh, last week. But, um, you know, com- now coming into this game, I think everyone kind of thought he was almost fully healthy. No, no, no Samaj AP run, of course. Chris Evans did have some carries, but wasn't very – uh, you know, wasn't re- regularly used as much. This was a Nixon show, and he came out of the first half storming. I believe he had like three or four big time runs in the first uh, in the, in the first drive of the first half, and ended up getting a big forty yard pass from, from uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, and what I think everyone kind of remembered as a big Jamar Chase block to result in a big touchdown to go up seventeen to nothing. Yeah, Mixon played absolutely phenomenal, uh, making guys miss taking care of the ball, being elusive. Uh, like you said, he had the receiving touchdown, which you all just know is Jamar Chase being an absolute unit blocking on the football field. But, you know, again, it happened where we, we Zach Taylor gets in these moods in the second half where he says, you know what, we're just going to run the ball. You know, regardless of what happens, we're going to run the ball. You know, it, it worked out perfectly to his credit. Um, Detroit just did not have the facilities to stop Joe Mixon. Um and Joe Mixon now, I, I believe he's, what, third in the NFL in uh, rushing Four. guards? Four. And, I mean, he, he's second in attempts. And he uh, missed, uh, you know, could be the Jacksonville game. He was on a limit last week. 
for that to still be the case where he's second in attempts only to Derrick Henry, who is is the Titans' offense, um, that just shows how much trust Zach Taylor has in Joe Mixon. And I think he's right to. We saw last week. He, he he's just phenomenal. Um, he had a game against the Vikings. And just these little moves where we just run the football and it works are so fun to watch. Because if you're a defense, it demoralizes you because you know what's gonna happen. Because you know, I mean, they see it on film. Zach Taylor gets in these moves where he runs the ball. It's on the film. He's not hiding anything. He just runs the ball for about you know eight out of ten plays, and you know what's gonna happen. And you can't stop it. That that demoralizes the defense. It wears them out mentally. It wears them out physically. And then, boom, you set up the pass. And then everything else comes from there. So, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Joe Mixon. I'm, I get to the Lions, you know, the lanes were easy to find. But I'm absolutely a big fan of Joe Mixon. I'm, I'm loving it. Let's give some credit to Quentin Spain and Jackson Carmen, who came in in the second half and played lights out. Quentin Spain was arguably probably the best offensive lineman in this game. And you can argue throughout the season, he's been the second best offensive lineman on the team right now. He has been playing absolutely lights out. I think a big reason to that is that the addition of, of course, Frank Pollock this offseason, which I think has done absolute wonders. The now offensive line coordinator and running game coordinator for the team. He is obviously made a huge impact on not only Joe Mixon, but also Quentin Spain, Jackson Carmen, and these offensive linemen. It has just been a complete revamp and retool, and it's been really impressive. I believe last year Cincinnati had the 22nd ranked uh, run-blocking um, offensive line in the league. This uh, this year now, I believe they're 13th uh, in the league right now. So obviously a huge step up. And, you know, Mixon doesn't need to have elite blocking to be effective. That's just how good Joe Mixon is. So 13th best, he's – now third or fourth in rushing yards. That's all you can really ask for. That's a very, very good rushing attack. And all of a sudden, now teams have to look out for Joe Mixon and the passing game that is absolutely stacked this year. So very, very good to see. And it's also very, very fun to see Jamar Chase go out there and just absolutely level a safety who is coming over to tackle Joe Mixon. I mean, you could just tell this guy is not only a a great wide receiver and a good deep threat, he's going to do the dirty work for you as well. He's going to go down the field and make a huge key block to help Joe Mixon get to the end zone. You just love to see that from a player, especially a rookie like Jamar Chase. That's just a winning football mentality, and you love to see it from a guy like that. You know, and you do. And and I think that play call relied on – that block from Jamar Chase because everybody else Higgins is going the other way, Boyd's the other way. You have two guys uh, going right. You got Boyd, or not Boyd, excuse me. You got Chase and you got Mixon. That play relied on that block. Well, it didn't rely on the block to get a touchdown. Relied on the block. They had the first down regardless. To get a touchdown, it relied on the block. And I, I give credit to Joe Mixon for instead trying to you know make a move. He slowed down to his credit. Um, and he let Jamar Chase, you know, catch up, and he just absolutely leveled the safety. Like, I mean, that's winning football. You look out, you're a rookie. You know, I, I get we all are so enamored with, you know, the deep plays, and don't get it twisted. I do love me some Jamar Chase deep balls. But um, that that, that block was just it, it was so refreshing to see. It, it was so beautiful. Because he didn't just block him. I mean, he absolutely leveled him. I mean, I, I'm sure he had a higher blocking grade than Penny Sewell did in that game. So I, I'm very satisfied, I must admit. The Bengals added another field goal right after that drive uh, to extend the lead to 20 to nothing. And then, again, it just completely blew the game open. Uh, uh, another touchdown pass from Joe Burrow. This time to CJ Uzama, your boy, 27-0. to zero. By that time, the game was pretty much over and everything was just garbage time. 
I mean, Joe Burrow was just, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but we'll say it again. Joe Burrow is on point yet again today. I mean, this is a guy that is slowly becoming, I think, a, a top 10 quarterback in the league right now. Had it not been for the ricochet off of Jamar Chase's hands, he would have, he would have had – he probably would have been 20 for 29, no interceptions, three touchdowns, and, and possibly over 300 yards. Instead, because of the interception, of course, he goes down to 271 yards, 19 for 29, three touchdowns, one interception. But a fantastic game and a fantastic performance by Joe Burrow. And, I mean, he he, he's lead, he leads the league right now in yards per completion. Um, currently, I believe he's what I believe he's first in the league right now as well in, in completion percentage. Uh, I mean, he's just a very, very efficient quarterback. Last year, he was throwing 40, 50 passes a game and was one of the most inefficient quarterbacks in the league, especially during deep balls. This year is the complete flip of the script. Now he's almost the exact opposite. He's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. He has been fantastic in deep balls, better than Justin Herbert has been, which is very, very notable as that was something that was, you know, a big conversation point last year. I mean, this has been a complete flip around for, for Burrow. And, and again, let's keep in mind, this is the only team that has not won a game so far in the NFL, right? But this is also a team that played the Baltimore Ravens really close. Had it not been for a literally league-breaking field goal, the Lions would have beat the Ravens. And so to and see the Bengals just completely handle business in Detroit, I think is extremely impressive and says a lot about how well Joe Burrow and his offense has really came along over the season. Yeah, I mean – when you are a football team at the caliber that I believe the Bengals are, which is a playoff contending team, you know, maybe they get in the playoffs. That, that's what you're supposed to do. So the Lions, look, I, I love Dan Campbell as a coach. They have individual players that I'm high on, you know, Amon St. Brown, uh, Quintez Cephas, who I just traded away in fantasy, Sly Quintez. Um, I, I, I'm still a believer that Jeff Okuda could turn it around eventually. I know he's hurt right now, but – so the Lions, as it stands right now, with Goff at quarterback, you know, we know DeAndre Swift's good. Jamal Williams is one of the better RB2s in the league. But the, the talent overall just – it just isn't there. It's it just not. And, you know, for this offense, as talented as it is and the expectations being as high as they are, you are expected to go in and drop 34 points and seven coming from the backups. Um, so I was very pleased with the caliber of production from the offense. And I think if we can do something like that again to the Jets – in two weeks down to look ahead, it's going to get serious. It's going to get serious, Blake. If we can chop 30 twice in three weeks, it's going to get serious over here. Really impressive game overall, and it, and it was such a blowout that Cincinnati brought in their second stringers to play the rest of the game, which is a very, very rare feat you see in football games. You really don't often see them bring in backups to play, and it is very, very good to see. I, I love that because it, you know Joe Burrow, of course, has gotten hit pretty hard the last couple of weeks. I know he had some voice issues. Uh, this week for for Cincinnati, of course. So there was a lot of question marks going into this week after his injury against Green Bay. But he came in. He did his job. Bengals won in a blowout. He got to sit the last quarter pretty much and just relax with his with his friends and get ready to prepare for this next week's game, which is huge for the division, uh, of course. So it was really good to see. Vernon Allen came in. I, bu- I believe he forced two PIs against the Lions and then threw a touchdown pass to Auden Tate. It was good to see Auden Tate go out there and get a nice touchdown catch. But this defense played, again, lights out, absolutely lights out. Had it not been for the last two garbage time drives, pretty much, uh, one being a field goal by Austin Seibert with eight minutes left, and then a uh, touchdown by DeAndre Swift with two minutes left. I mean, it, it was pretty much a shutout overall, but it ends up being a final score of 34 to 11. A complete, just, a, I mean, it was a great game by the Bengals. A complete, perfect game. You couldn't ask for much more. It is very, very promising to see. And now, you look at Cincinnati's resume, right? I mean, this is this is a team that has beat almost everyone that they should have beaten. You know, they, they lose to they lose to the Bears in Chicago, but keep in mind, 
this Chicago team that looks pretty solid right now, currently three and three on the season. I mean, this is a team that it could be in the thick of things when it comes to playoff time. So it was a it was a you know a loss that maybe you should have won, you could have won, but regardless, it it was a game that you can understand losing. I think a lot of teams can go into Chicago and lose. You're not shocked by that. You lose to a Green Bay Packers team, which you know you could have won that game yet again, ends up resulting in four or five missed field goals to end the game. But again, this is a Green Bay Packers team that's currently five and one. Uh, they beat Chicago this week and look to be one of, if not the better team in the NFC right now. So you have two pretty okay quality losses, you could say, and you are handling business against teams you should be. You have a good couple good wins against the Vikings and the Steelers. You handle business against the Lions. You handle business against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it was a heart attack. And now you're looking at a team like the Baltimore Ravens, which we will start to, I guess, to cover here in a minute. But first, so with that being said, Will, let's go ahead and get our game MVPs because I almost totally forgot about that. My fault. Who is your game MVP for this game? You go first since you went last, I think, last time, and I will uh, choose my own game MVP as well. You know, I'm going to get a little freaky-deaky with it. I'm going to go with the guy we haven't mentioned yet. I'm going to go with Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson made Panthers Tools Day an absolute nightmare, and he was in the backfield almost every single play. Um, I know it's easy to point one of the big offensive guys, you know, because they all did play well, you know. Uh, with Chase Burrow, uh, Mixon, Mixon, excuse me, there we go, um, all playing well. But I just think Hendrickson was just absolutely phenomenal on defense. I mean, every single snap, he was in the backfield. He was causing problems, causing holds. So I'll go to Hendrickson. You know, I can give it to Joe Burrow. I can give it to Logan Wilson. I can give it to the three-time, three straight times, keep that in mind, rookie of the year, uh, rookie, rookie of the week, excuse me, and Jamar Chase. I could give it to any of those guys, but I'm going to take Joe Mixon here, 140 scrimmage yards, a big touchdown in this game. He was an absolute beast, and it was great to see him come back from an injury and perform well. This is a team that has been playing so well all together. Sam Hubbard had a great game. Jadobe Awuzie yet again came in, had a really good game. Jesse Bates played well. I mean, it is crazy that we are not talking about Jesse Bates at all, and you could argue he is the best player on this team right now. Is it, is, it's just crazy. I mean, we have not talked about Jesse Bates hardly at all this year. He's been one of the quiet players in this defense. I mean, that's that's the guy that we were considering being the franchise starter on the defense. Like that's that's the guy you want to build around. And it is insane to imagine that he's been the guy we haven't talked about one bit so far. It just says so much about this team with how well they're playing right now. The fact that we are not talking about Jesse Bates, uh, other than the extension, of course, which of course has still been a problem that has not been solved yet. But let's go ahead and take a quick break. And we're going to cover the Baltimore Ravens versus the Bengals game, which is going to be a huge game, and we have a lot to cover there. Uh, you know, we, we kind of t- discussed this Packers game being, you know, a game if you win, that's playoff implications. And, of course, Cincinnati was unable to win that game. Uh, very, very close. Almost had almost had the win, but did not. So, you know what? You can right your wrongs here. If the Bengals beat Baltimore this week, you are in business. Five and two, you're going to the Jets. You are in absolute business. This can be big-time playoff implications for Cincinnati right now. The Cleveland Browns just beat the Denver Broncos as of recording this. So if you do lose, you're probably – you know the Baltimore Ravens have a two-point uh, uh, lead over anyone or two-game lead against anyone in the AFC North, and all of a sudden you're tied with the Browns and only a half a game up on the Steelers. So you are definitely thinking things if you lose this game. But if you win, all of a sudden you're tied with the Ravens, but you had a tiebreaker, so you're technically first – in the in the AFC North, which would be absolutely huge. And let's talk about the Ravens real quick. One of the hottest teams currently right now in the league just came off of an absolute demolition versus the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, which were a very good team, uh, winning that game 34-6. to 
Lamar Jackson has been insane this season. I think you can make a good argument he's the current MVP favorite right now. Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, very, very good wide receiver tight end duo has been doing very well. Uh, they have Latavius Murray right now at running back. He's been for- performing pretty solidly um, and, and a very, very good defense as well. It's just a very, very stacked team. Cincinnati has never matched up really well against, and I think it's going to be another pretty tough matchup again this week. And to Lamar, you know, I, I, I despise Lamar. Um, I, think, I think we all do, but there's no denying his talent. And there are, there's also no denying that he's had a number its entire career. Um, but, I mean, this this game is huge, like you said. I mean, if you win this game, think, things start getting very interesting very fast. Like, you're 5-2, know, first in the division. You got the Jets next week. I, I believe the Browns after that, I, I believe. Um, I want to quote me on that. Yeah. But – you know, it's very interesting. And, you know, I think looking at the whole AFC situation, you know, you got the whole AFC West, you got the Patriots, and you got the Browns slash Ravens. For, you know, that's what I'm seeing is our wild card comp. So if you win that game, you have a massive leg up because the Chargers, who I just mentioned, the whole AFC West, got, they got beat by the Ravens. The Chiefs got beat by the Ravens. So if you can beat the Ravens, you know, who who know oh, and the Broncos are beat by the Ravens too. So if if you can beat the Ravens, you know, as a little measuring stick, you wonder where that puts you. You really start to wonder. And you know, this is I mean, I, I can mention this is gonna be a very, very tough game. This is a game that, you know, we, we I, I don't think a lot of us expect the Bengals to absolutely come in and win, but I think this is a winnable game. This is certainly yeah. a winnable game. Baltimore's only a six and a half point favorite currently. It's at Baltimore, keep in mind. And though this is a Baltimore team that is arguably one of the hottest teams in the league, keep in mind, this is also a team with 16 players on the IR right now. An entire oh team full of players on the IR. Very, very injured from top to bottom. There's a very, very big notable weakness right now on the defensive line at corner. Uh, they, they're missing one of the better linebackers in LJ Fort. They are missing three running backs right now, And <laughs> crazy enough. This is a very injured team. It's just managing to skate by each week and all of a sudden had a complete domination over the Chargers. But like I said, they have also had moments where they have struggled. They lost to the Raiders, uh, of course. They they had a, they played a very, very close game against the Lions. I mean, they, they beat a Chiefs team that was – I mean, I, again, it's a Chiefs, so it, it should be recognized. But at the same time, this Chiefs team has not been nearly as good as what we once thought they were. I mean, this is the Ravens team that I think is still relatively unknown. And you could argue – I mean, also keep in mind, this, this is a team that went to overtime against the 1-5 – excuse me, 2-4 Indianapolis Colts. So this is – this is a Ravens team that's been very, very back and forth lately. I would say this is still one of the more mysterious teams in the league. And you could argue last year, despite losing both games by double digits, the Bengals had a very good game plan to stop Lamar Jackson. They just couldn't convert on offense. And that's what I want to t- kind of discuss first uh, and, and ask you really quick here. What do you think the Bengals have to do on offense in order to have a chance of scoring enough points to win this game? Well, I think it's very simple. You have to establish the passing game first. I know, I know we'll talk about the run game, but here, here's the thing with the Baltimore Ravens. You're not going to beat the Ravens at their own game, which is running the football. Um, I understand it's important to keep the ball on the ground and keep the ball in Lamar's hands and all that good stuff. But at some point, you got to, you know, air the ball out. I think we are the better passing attack than the Ravens, although I do think Rashad Bateman's back this week, which is an interesting thing. He returned last week, I think. Oh, he did? Well, good job, Will. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman's coming back, first-rounder receiver from Minnesota. Um so, so the Bears have, you know, their skill position players on offense. I mean, not the Bears. The Ravens have their skill position guys on offense. But I, I think ours are better in terms of just skill position guys. Um, 
and I think we need to utilize that. You know, I think we haven't had the big playability in recent years. I think the Ravens, with their good pass rush, has taken full advantage of that. You know, they're keeping everybody up front, and, you know, they're just causing problems everywhere. You know, we know Tyler Boyd had a very massive play against the Ravens a few years ago. That was like 20 not, – not 20, like 30-some yards, something like that. Um, I think it was like 35. 36 yeah, so, so, something like that. So, I mean, they've had the, you know, big plays and big moments against the Ravens before. But, I mean, you just got to – you got to get the ground game – not the ground game, the passing game going. Um, you know, anytime you're playing Lamar Jackson, no matter how good our defense is, you got to score points to win. So, if we can just do that, you know, in bunches with the deep passing game, not in deep passing game, just a passing game in general, I think that would go a long way for us. Cincinnati last year, I, I kind of want to go over this a little bit. Cincinnati last year never really had a chance against the yeah. Ravens on defense. I mean, keep in mind, the first game was Joe Burrow. You know, it was very, very early on in his career, and he was getting absolutely hammered. Bengals had no chance of stopping a blitz, and, of course, their offensive line was just absolutely terrible. I mean, just disastrous. Their offensive line was just not good at all. Keep in mind, they still had Bobby Hart. It was Michael Jordan starting at right guard. It was a really, really bad offensive line. And, you know, I, I think it's it, it was pretty easy to say the Ravens had a great offensive game plan to just basically blitz every single play and make sure they make, basically make it to where Joe Burrow had no chance of hitting any receivers. Well, this year it's a little bit different. You had Riyad Raleigh Reef, you had Quentin Spain, you had, uh, you know, Jackson Carmen, of course, you had a healthy Jonah Williams. All of a sudden, this is a very, very capable offensive line to stop a pass rush. And also keep in mind, no Matthew Judon, no Unique Ngakwe now. It's the Ravens defensive line that's hurting a little bit. So I think all of a sudden you, you look at the you look at the offensive line versus defensive line matchup. I think all of a sudden you can you could you could see the chance of, of the Bengals handling uh the Ravens a little bit. You didn't really have a healthy Joe Mixon at all against the Ravens at all. So maybe he can come in and be an effective tool. You didn't have Jamar Chase against the Ravens, so there was no big deep threat like there was in the past with AJ Green to really affect the Ravens and make them scared to draw back into coverage. So I think all of a sudden now this is a very different Bengals team. I think I've seen Ravens fans show their concern. They say, like, you know, this is, of course, not the same Bengals team. And I think one thing I want to see the Bengals do to kind of, I guess, keep the Ravens on their toes is early on taking a big shot to Jamar Chase. I would love to see that. You know, I I think the Ravens are going to game plan to stop Jamar Chase relatively, but I want the Bengals to keep them honest. And I think one thing the, the Ravens did so well last year was they knew that there was no chance of them going deep. So what do they do? They played the flats, and they sent blitzes because no one can get deep. No one can beat their corners deep. Well, this year, no Marcus Peters. He's been hurt now for a while. They have a lot of, you know, they have a, a lot of really, really young, unproven corners right now on this team. Uh, also, a couple of really older, you know, also unproven corners. Jimmy Smith, uh, Averett Young, I believe. Or, or sorry, uh, Tavon Young, Anthony Averett. I mean, a lot of very, very just older, not really promising corners, just guys that you really don't know how they're going to perform. You can't really trust them to win on a daily basis. I mean, it's just a, a very, very – I think it's a cause for concern for Baltimore. So I, I think what you should do is keep them honest, make them stay on their toes, and just try to stay unpredictable. That's one thing Cincinnati has not done very, very well this year. They've been pretty obvious to what they're going to do. I think if you can if you can balance this run and passing game well enough – I mean, Jamar Chase has been good so far throughout this season for one big deep pass per game. If you can get a big deep pass, if you can keep, you know, having Tyler Boyd be effective over the middle against the Ravens, if you can give T. Higgins the ball a couple of times, if you can get Chris Evans even involved, stay balanced, keep them on their toes, keep them guessing. I think it's one thing the Bengals just really need to do. If you can keep the Ravens, the Ravens offense guessing, you're in great shape. The Colts did that, and it looked very good, and I want to see the Bengals do that. So let's go ahead and move on to the defense side of the ball. Uh 
a little bit, I guess, and let's discuss how they're going to handle Lamar Jackson. That's the topic that is needs to be discussed because no one knows how to do this yet, and you could argue the Bengals have been one of the better teams at doing it. One thing the Bengals did last year that was really effective was having Darius Phillips pretty much play on a cornerback sort of spy, sort of blitz every single play, and basically just keeping him in the flats to not let Lamar Jackson escape. And it worked pretty well last year, but now you have a guy named Mike Hilton, Mike Hilton, as well as Logan Wilson. I think both of them are going to be very key players in this game. I want to see both those two try to help stop and spy on Lamar Jackson and keep him honest and force him to stay in the pocket and make some throws against his Bengals secondary. You know, I'm really glad you mentioned Mike Hilton that statement because Mike Hilton is what you mentioned with DP last year, but like on crack. Um, Hilton is absolutely perfect uh, for the job you just mentioned. And I think I've looted it last year with Darius Phillips, which is a bold decision, uh, considering how small DP is. He should have no hesitation and no issue doing it with uh, Mike Hilton. You know, I, I think, you know, I couldn't tell you how to do this, which should be told, I don't really know the answer. But, I mean, you just can't let him run the ball. I mean, this is Lamar's best season passing the ball, statistically, I'm pretty sure, so far. And it's not like he's a bad passer, but Lamar is so talented with his, uh, you know, running the ball. That you got to pick your poison. And you'd rather have him beat you running. I mean, no, God, no, not running. Uh, throwing than running. And I, I just don't know how to stop it. I, I don't, you know. I, I've watched quite a bit of Ravens games the past few years, as we all have, you know. When you get a player as fun to watch as Lamar Jackson, you kind of just find yourself on the red zone, kind of gravitating towards, you know, focusing on, you know, what the Ravens are doing a little bit more than the other teams. So I would be lying if I had a specific game planning, like you said. Just keeping Hilton there, you know, it's kind of perfect what he does. I think last year, uh, the first game against the Steelers, Lamar had an off game, and Hilton was on that team, obviously. I think Lou is looking at that Steelers team and looking at that Steelers game and seeing what they did. And I think he'll implement, excuse me, a lot of it against the Ravens. So, like you said, a lot of Hilton, you know, blitzing and spying. Because if, if you don't have a spy, he's going to run every play, and you're not going to stop it because you don't have any anybody there to. Um and Hilton hasn't been a great coverage corner this year as it is. So keeping him, you know, playing him to his strengths, you know, that, that's what defense is all about, you know, playing your guys to their strengths. That, that's what it's all about. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to do that with Mike Hilton. Without a doubt. And before I forget, I want to go ahead and bring up some Bengals injuries as well. I already mentioned the Ravens have 16 players pretty much on their IR. Uh, Ronnie Stanley's out for the season. They have a lot of guys that are injured. And, and I, I want to go ahead and mention the Bengals – do have a couple of guys returning. Uh, Khalid Kareem has been cleared to practice, and he should be coming back from the IR eventually pretty soon. Kim Adenogy as well has been cleared uh, to practice. He might be coming off the IR soon. And Samashi Piran is now back from the COVID list. So, I mean, outside of maybe Mike Thomas, who's been hurt the last couple of weeks, not a lot of injuries at all <laughs> for the Bengals right now. A very, very healthy Bengals team and a, a Ravens team that is really beat up. So if there's a chance for the Bengals to win, it should be now, and we should recognize that. Um I do want to say real quick about your topic on uh, on Lamar Jackson and the Bengals. I think another pretty key piece that I want to watch out for is keep in mind this is a Ravens team that, of course, now no longer has Ronnie Stanley, no longer has Orlando Brown, who or Ronnie Stanley's out for the season, of course, no longer has Orlando Brown, who was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Um, you know, Alejandro, Alejandro Villal and the way that fills in as a right tackle. You have Kevin Zeitler, a former Bengal at right guard right now. This is a very very old offensive line and again another very unproven offensive line so I think another pretty key aspect is if you're able to keep Lamar or Logan Wilson and Mike Mike Hilton on Lamar Jackson to a certain extent keep him honest not let him roll out of the pocket 
I think another very key piece of this game is seeing how well guys like Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, even DJ Reader and Larry Ogunjobi perform on this defensive line. If you can really win on the defensive line and force this offensive line to uh, you know, step back on their feet, force Lamar Jackson to scroll out of the pocket, give opportunities for Mike Hilton and Logan Wilson to tackle Lamar Jackson in open space, I think that you're in great shape to maybe help, I guess, not stop Lamar Jackson, but slow him down to a certain extent. Because I feel like at that point, uh, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like at this point, it's pretty much impossible to stop Lamar Jackson in any form. He's he's going to find ways to get yards no matter what. Yeah, I mean, Lamar, you know, with great players in general, you accept that they're going to get theirs, you know. I said in the preseason that I, I have two terms for classifying stars. I have game changers and I have game breakers. Game breakers are just that upper echelon. You know, the the, the more explosive guys. And, and Lamar is one of them. I mean, Lamar can bust off, you know, 72-yard touchdown run at any given moment. Um, he, he's going to get his. It's all about limiting it. And the game plan is no surprise. Every week the Ravens play, it always centers around Lamar. And we've got two guys, like you mentioned, Logan Wilson and Mike Hilton, that are fit exactly for not stopping Lamar, because there is no stopping Lamar, but slowing him down. And, you know, there is some speed in this uh, Ravens receiving core, you know, we all know about Hollywood Brown. You know, Devin DuVernay is exactly a slow fella. Um, but Sharp Bateman's not really fast, but, you know, he, he's a young, promising player. But I'm not too concerned about him this week. His second game in the NFL, he's still getting adjusted. Um, I am just really concerned about Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson only. You know, I think, you know, the Ravens' running back situation is kind of a mess. You know, Tyson Williams was started the start of the season. He's faded out, and now he's looking kind of weird. Devontae Freeman, uh, oh, excuse me, Latavius Murray, slash Le'Veon Bell type mix thing with a little bit of Devontae Freeman. It's really weird. And Mark Andrews is very talented. You know, I, I'm a huge, not Mark Andrews fan because I don't like him because Ravens, but I, I'm just high on him. He's a good football player. It's plain and simple. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the skill players, they're not great. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins is phenomenal, but he's not in the field. Gus Edwards is backup. He ain't even on the field. So I, I, I'm just concerned about Lamar. Just make Lamar use the other weapons. Lamar himself with his legs cannot beat you because you're not beating Lamar with his legs. It's just not going to happen. Well, let's talk about the skill positions a little bit because despite you know, them not having the best of skill positions, they still have two players who are top ten in receiving right now, that being Lamar Jack, or excuse me, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, who are both over 425 yards receiving currently. Both of them have been pretty effective despite – them not having quote unquote you know a lot of uh, skill players, so I think those are definitely going to be matchups that I want to watch out for because two reasons: one, the Bengals, you know, Chidobe Wuzier is a pretty fast player, but we have not experienced someone as fast as Marquise Brown yet so far with this cornerback uh, room. We we saw Devontae Adams, who of course is really fast, and of course he burned us, but it's also Devontae Adams, so we don't really know how well we're going to match up against Marquise Brown. And another thing we have not really matched up against this year is a really good tight end. And we will see a couple other good tight ends later this year. We'll see Travis Kelsey. We'll see George Kittle. We'll see Darren Waller. But right now, we haven't seen much guys outside of Robert Tanyan to really consider as a really good uh, tight end. Mark Andrews is on a whole nother level right now compared to the guy like Robert Tanyan. So it's going to be two interesting matchups of guys that we haven't really seen a lot so far this year. And I really want to know how the Bengals are going to be able to stop him because I really don't know who they're going to match up against them. Are you going to put Von Bell on Mark Andrews? Are you going to put Eli Apple on Marquise Brown? Are you going to put Chidobe Awuzie on Marquise Brown? I really don't know. I want to see who matches up against who and how they're able to stop those two guys who have had very, very good seasons so far. Because one thing the Ravens have done this year that they haven't done in the past 
they're making big time plays. And the Bengals cannot afford to get big time plays, of course, in this game. They need to be able to limit Baltimore, ha- force them to have to grind out yards in order to move the ball down the field. That normally slows down an offense and forces drives to become, you know, you know, more more methodical and and, and ba- essentially just tire out the offense in general. So if you're able to if you're able to do that, I think that would be absolutely ideal. Big plays, I think, is what the Ravens are really counting on to kind of dominate this game. And if you can stop that, I think it can be another big key piece to helping the Bengals win. Well, I do want to touch on what you said about the matchups. Um, I think we see a lot of man coverage this game. Just through, you know, you haven't put so much attention with your linebackers and, of course, Mike Hilton on Lamar. I think you get a lot of man coverage this game. I think Cheeto is the only option on Hollywood Brown. I think he's the best combination of the uh, speeds. Excuse me. Oh, my God. Speed, excuse me, and the size. Um, you know, he's quick with them, all that good stuff. Um, Von Bell and Andrews, I, I want to say that's your best bet because you have to have Logan Wilson, you know, kind of monitoring the Lamar situation. Von Bell, you know, he, he's – you're about Von Bell. He needs the help. He, he's so much smaller than Mark Andrews. You know, I feel like any, like, kind of, like, man zone blend – the zone's going to shift towards Mark Andrews. Um, because Von Bell has the speed to hang with him. And Von Bell's still a good safety. We all know this. He's just too small for Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews is such an interesting combination, like you said, of the speed and, of course, his size being a big old tight end. Um, I think, like I said, the big plays is very important. I don't think Mark Andrews himself, after the catch, will get you many big plays. But, I mean, if we just forget him out completely and we leave him down the seam, I mean, it burned uh, the Colts a few times, and he's just chilling there wide open. It will burn you. Um, in terms of after the catch, Hollywood Brown's a big problem. But I think most of the catches Cheeto has allowed in coverage this season. It's just more about guys being bigger than him, straight up just b- being bigger. Um, look at Devontae Adams, for example. Um, it hasn't been much speed. But to be fair, like you said, we haven't seen many, many speedsters this season. We'll see Tyreek Hill this season later, you know, the main speedster. Odell's pretty fast. We'll see him twice. Um, we'll see Hollywood again. So I am very interested, like you said, to see what Lou does this year. Because Lou, if there was a most improved coordinator award, which isn't a thing, but I would love to see it be a thing, Lou would be by far the obvious choice. Um, and Lou didn't have a bad coaching game against the Ravens last year. It's just the talent on defense was so bad, um, especially up front. So I am very excited, like you said, to see what Lou does because – Lamar's one of those guys with the whole game plan just has to be around Lamar. I think it's also probably because the Bengals didn't even have over 200 yards of offense combined of those two games against the Ravens. So really didn't move the ball at all. And I believe had like four or five turnovers in those two games combined as well. So the offense is definitely also a problem. So, you know, the defense can only do too much if that's the case. And the offense really needs to win here in order for us to be able to have a chance of winning this game, of course. You cannot have the defense going – 30 minutes a game against the Ravens offense. That's just, that's just impossible. You know, you're asking way too much from them and that's just not going to happen. So uh, hopefully the Bengals can maybe win time in possession, can get some extended longer drives, let the defense rest, have them get chances to go out there and, you know, be healthy and, and ready against Lamar Jackson. And, and I mentioned, I mentioned, um, I mentioned Von Bell, but there's another name I kind of want to bring up as a possible chance of maybe guarding uh, Mark Andrews and a guy that we didn't really think of beforehand before, uh, last year, at least. But I think it'd be an interesting piece that can help us this, this year. And that being Akeem Davis Gaither, a guy that I think is really – he is really impressed this season. I think he's definitely stepped up into being a, a very, very key rotational piece at linebacker. And 
he's kind of quietly been the best coverage linebacker outside of Logan Wilson we've had on this team so far. And he's been a guy that has almost, you know, as whenever Von Bell's not covering him, at least, he's been a guy that has taken over uh, the, the right coverage tight ends quite a bit. He's made a couple of really, really key coverage plays that have really helped the Bengals over time. I would like to see how I mean, this would be a very, very great time to see a King Davis Gabriel have, have a breakout game and just lock down a guy like Mark Andrews. I think that could be a huge bonus for Cincinnati. Yeah, I agree. And Akeem Davis Gates, like you said, he's he's been huge this season. I mean, you know, the eye test shows it, but, you know, not everybody has the eye test. So, you know, if you're for some reason a Ravens listening, Akeem Davis Gates has been one of the highest graded uh, linebackers uh, all year, every week. Now, granted, PFF has has its issues, and it's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a good measuring stick. Um, Akeem has been fantastic in coverage this year. And besides Logan Wilson, who – I'm not gonna say his best trait is coverage, but it's up there. Um, Akeem Davis Gaither is right there. I mean, he, he is fantastic, and he's got better size to match up with him than Von Bell does. Um, I think Von Bell's faster. The Mark Andrews, it's not a he's not a George Kittle type guy. He doesn't he's not a speedy tight end. Um, he's just more of a go up and get. He's a big body, strong hands, um, just strong everywhere. Um, yeah, I, I like the Kim Davis together matchup. Um, I really do. I think a mix of Von Bell and Kim Davis together kind of throw the Ravens off a little bit. You know, I feel like once you get comfortable with one, you're kind of assuming that matchup of the size advantage would be there if you play. But then, oh, boom! Here comes Kim Davis Gaither, who's a linebacker, who maybe you have a maybe a small speed advantage, but really not much. Um, you know, I don't know if a Keem covering you know twenty yards down the field's a good move. But Andrews really doesn't run many deep routes like that in general. Most of his routes, you know, crossing routes, you know, 8 to 10, maybe 15-ish yards range. So keeping Akeem there, keeping, you know, Andrews and Akeem inside the numbers with Von Bell, you know, lurking backwards or vice versa, um, I think that would be huge first. I think that would be a huge play. I'm very confident in Cheeto to limit Hollywood Brown. I I, I saw what Cheeto did. Most of Vontae Adams' stuff was, you know, in zone coverage or – on uh, Eli Apple, the man that meant legend himself. So, excuse me. I've got I've got faith in Cheeto. So I think at that point, the biggest problem besides Lamar Jackson, obviously, is you know Mark Andrews. And I think if we had that Akeem Davis gets like you said, and Von Bell blend, I think he could do us different. I think we'll go far with it. Another pretty interesting topic I want to bring up, and I almost completely forgot to bring up until now. Uh, this will be the first time, possibly the first time, the Bengals uh, introduce a new player on the defense, that being cornerback Trey Flowers that they signed from the Seahawks, or claimed from the Seahawks, excuse me. Uh, a guy that has, you know, I don't know how much of a aspect he's going to play in this game, but he was a starter for the Seahawks. He really had a pretty solid season last year, but really has kind of fell apart this year. And, and I know him and the Seahawks had a lot of issues when it came to contract negotiations and stuff. He was playing in a primary zone scheme in, in Seattle, and we kind of thought of Flowers as being a primary man corner like how Cincinnati is. So I think there's a much better fit for Trey Flowers. I'm interested to see if maybe he performs and plays somewhat in this game. I don't really think he's going to be a starter by any means, but can he be a cornerback four, cornerback three, a guy that comes in and helps in case there's like an empty set? Or maybe he he can even be the guy that possibly matches up against Mark Andrews. That's asking a lot from a guy who's starting his first game or playing his first game uh, for a Bengals team. But at the same time, having an extra corner like that can certainly help in certain situations. As as we know, the Bengals do have a, or excuse me, the Ravens have a very deep wide receiver core, though it's not 
you know, very top heavy. They have a couple of good guys, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, as I said. They have plenty of guys like Devin Duvernay, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, who can come in and be effective wide receivers. So it's important for Cincinnati to have a good blend of corners they can trust and not like, get tired. You know, if you throw out, if you keep out Eli Apple and Cheetah Bay Woozie every play, you know, they're, they're going to get tired. They're going to get burnt eventually. It'd be nice to have a good rotation of guys out there. I think looking at Trey Flowers, there's two things we all need to realize here. So we are Bengals fans. If any, after seeing what Cheeto's done this season after last year, we should know that if anybody can have a resurgence, it's going to happen here. Okay, Cheeto was at Ant Corner last year in a horrible situation with not much pass rush in a scheme that really didn't fit what he does. He comes to Cincinnati, and he's played lights out. Look at Trey Flowers. Cheeto's better than Trey Flowers. I'm not saying Flowers is going to be this, you know, cornerback one type guy. But it's a similar situation. Seattle's pass rush really it doesn't wow you. And he's in a scheme that, like you said, doesn't fit his play style. So you see a lot of similarities there for Trey Flowers to have an improved fresh start in Cincinnati. And you realize he's got a lot of uh, what's I'm looking for? Experience against wide receiver ones. Um, and having that experience when you're covering, you know, you know, the other guys, you know, the Rashad Batemans of the world, you know, the uh uh, Alan Lazard, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, these, these wide receiver twos, or Randall Cobb, excuse me, not Alan Lazard. Um, you know, th- that's big. If you can, you know, cover, hey, you know, the wide receiver ones, which he didn't do very efficiently, but the experience of what matters here, um, then you should have no problem, you know, well, I'm going to say that because there are some good wide receiver twos in the league. But wide receiver twos shouldn't give you an extreme amount of issues. So I am, for one, very happy to trade Flowers signing. And, you know, he, he's a depth sign, you know. If he doesn't work out, okay, he's depth. Don't play him. But if he works out and you have something, you know, let's see what we got. I'm, I'm very excited. There's a lot of Bengals fans who have a couple – have some problems with this signing. And I think a lot of people are just really distraught of how poorly he played in Seattle this, this last year. But, you know, you mentioned Chidobe Awuzie, a, a, a team that did not fit his scheme, had no pass rush, had no other secondary players beside him. The Seahawks are just like that as well. Seahawks have had a pretty poor secondary overall. They haven't really had anyone perform very well. Um, they, of course, they lose Kill Griffin last year, so uh, they're missing a, a big time corner there. You're, you're putting a lot more on Trey Brown, or excuse me, Trey, Brown, uh, Trey Flowers. You you are also on a scheme that Trey Flowers does not really match, and I think that Trey Flowers really just didn't want to be there anymore. And sometimes mental, you know having those mental blocks like that can really affect a player's game. So now that he's in a new environment, I'm assuming that he's much more happier here. You, you, we know that he's in a scheme that he likes. We can trust Louie Anarumo because he has done a really good job of developing some of these corners that we have. I, I really, really trust that this guy can be a very key, vital piece um, of depth for this Bengals cornerback room. And, and the part I really like about this signing or, or waiver claim, I guess, in general, is the fact that Bengals noticed and saw an issue. Trey Wayne, of course, is hurt again, yet again on the IR. They saw the issue, and instead of just saying, let's plug and play you know, Darius Phillips or Nick McLeod or Jalen Davis or call up a guy, what do they do? They went out and actively looked for someone to replace. Trey Waynes, and I absolutely love that. That is something that is the bare minimum for an NFL team, right? Like, you would expect many NFL teams to do that, but for the Bengals, this is fantastic. We're finally starting to see the Bengals grow and become a modern NFL team, and that is actively showing in their record how well they are doing right now because they're actually going out and getting guys to help replace the guys that are going out and getting injured. You know, I I love that so much that (laughs) we're becoming a modern NFL team. And, you know, you have a good point, you know, 
I think, and not only are they making moves, they're smart moves. You know, you let William Jackson go, and he's been absolutely horrible this year. And we're not surprised. We, we knew what had happened last year. But you go get Cheeto for a lot less, and he's been good. You let go of Carl Lawson, who you can't foresee his injury. But I think the reason the Bengals let him go and didn't pay him his big bucks was because of the injury concerns. He goes to the Jets. Whoa, the concerns are right. He gets hurt. And you have Trey Hendrickson now, who's balling out. And then you let Bobby Hart go. You get his replacement. And, you know, Michael Jordan goes. Jeff Quentin Spann is his replacement. A.J. Green goes. Jeff Jamal Chase is his replacement. And we just keep going, like you said, with Trey Flowers. And uh, uh, what, what was I going with this? Oh, yeah. And uh, Trey Waynes. I mean, we'll find him replacing guys. Like you said, instead of just plugging and play. Hey, you know, Jalen Davis, you know, welcome. Hey, Eli Apple, guess what? You're playing significantly more snaps. Hey, Darius Phillips, guess what? You're playing significantly more snaps. We get a guy who has depth, and he's made to play the role. And I'm very satisfied with it. I have faith that this Bengals team can go far to continue to keep this up. I think I, I really look at this season as a huge – this is a big step the Bengals needed to take this season. And I think it's we're actively seeing it. Already having four wins compared to last year's four wins is huge. Obviously, the Bengals are going to be getting more as well. I, I really, really, really think if you can get eight or nine wins this season, maybe even ten wins, you are really looking at this team being a very, very good playoff contender next year, which is, uh, I mean, just extremely exciting if you're a Cincinnati fan. I mean, just you cannot help but get super excited by that. And I'm really, really excited here. And like I said, you know, uh, we said it earlier, you know, we're not we're not going to get the playoffs this year either. This is a team that if they win this game, playoffs is certainly in conversation. And I really, really want to see if Cincinnati can pull off this upset and be a very, very talented Baltimore team. With that being said, where are your predictions for this game? Do you think Cincinnati's enough to beat Baltimore in Baltimore, who are six-and-a-half-point favorites? Well, you know, Blake, I've thought about this all week. I really have. And I'm at a crossroads here, right? I have picked us to win in every game this season. (laughs) (laughs) And... You look, we all are Bengals fans, but at some point you try to be objective here. Um, <laughs> and I feel like at some point it has to stop, right? And this is a huge game, but guess what, Blake? You're gonna do it again. It's not gonna stop this week. <laughs> Give me the Bengals, baby. Give me the Bengals. I'm gonna go with <laughs> the score. I'm gonna go 24. I'm gonna go 24. To 21, the Bengals get a close one in Baltimore. I'm speaking it into existence. My player of the game is going to be Tyler Boyd. He's going to go for 103 yards and a touchdown. I'm calling it now. And we're going to be first in the division. I'm calling it. Is he going to have the game winner again? Fourth and 16? Yeah, we can go with that. Sure. (laughs) We'll, We'll throw that in. Let's get freaky deaky. We'll throw that in too. You know, I, I definitely would love to agree with you here, but, I mean, I, I've said it all week, and I have been slandered this week, by the way. Let me just say, <laughs> my followers hate me right now because, for some reason, they really don't think the Bengals will lose to the Baltimore Ravens, which, I mean, I mean, I guess. I don't really know why they're so confident the Bengals are, are, <laughs> are going to win this game. I, I, I think people are starting to drink the Kool-Aid that you're drinking, Will. And you know what? I told I told everyone I was bought in, and I am. I am bought in. I think this is a team that can win 19 games this year. This is also the second hardest game of the season. Let's yeah. be real. Like right now, second hardest game of the season on paper. 
this is a tough game. And I yeah. really just don't know if this is the game the Bengals beat the Ravens. Now, we could talk about a couple weeks later when they stay at home against Baltimore. That's going to be a different conversation. But for now, give me the Ravens 27-23 final score. That was a lot to cover. But uh, yet again, thank you. Give me a player uh, of the game, Blake. Give me a player of the game. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Player of the game. Let me let me do uh, – uh, you know what? Let, let, me, let, me, let, me take, uh, let me take Jesse Bates to have a pretty solid game this week. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. I want to see him go out there and ball. Uh, we, he's due for one, and I, and, uh, I want to see him do it. So that will be my particular player of the game. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I really, really hope this is a good game. I want to see the Bengals win. Uh, you got any words that you want to give the fans to help get them hyped up for this game because I'm obviously kind of ending this on a bummy note. Well, you know, I must admit, we all must admit, Lamar's had a number recently. Um, and it, it has been fun to watch. It has not been a pretty sight. But here's the thing. There's no J.K. Dobbins. There's no Gus Edwards. The entire defense is in absolute shambles, literally and uh, uh, metaphorically. Sure. Yeah, that's the word. Um, th- if there is a year to beat the Ravens, this is the year. And what better way to do it than going into their house in front of all their happy fans, and send them home with an absolute horrible day. I wish them nothing well on their Sunday, I must admit. I hope they pay money for overpriced tickets on third-party websites, not even Ticketmaster, a sketchy third-party website. I hope they overpay. I hope they go home upset. I hope the children are upset. I hope the adults are upset. I hope everybody is upset. And if we can do that, we can upset them children, upset them adults. I will be very happy with the result, I must admit. And if we win, I don't know what I'll do with myself. I, I really don't. Because if you would have told me that my teams would be 6-1 and one and 5-2 and two at the same time, I, I just – I don't know. I really just don't know. Crazy stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> as being Kentucky fans, man, we're, we're, we're having a great time right now. Just we are. We are on cloud nine. Two really good football teams who are kicking butt, and you can't ask for much more. Uh, for a Cincinnati, you know, Bengals and Kentucky Wildcats fan, I, for football, that's just unheard of. And the ZS be doing this well. It is very, very exciting to hear. So, Shout out Mark course, Stoops, man. What yeah, a guy. Of course, go Bengals. Uh, feel free to go follow us on our socials. Find me on Instagram at StripePipeSensing on Twitter at BlakeJew714. Go find Will on Instagram at Hooday underscore all day and on, uh, and on Twitter at WilliamCJames23. Also, our third guest, who is not on yet again today, uh, go follow Nathan at Cincy underscore Bengals underscore daily on Instagram at Sin Bengals Daily on Twitter. And go follow our podcast Twitter at Stripe Pipe All Day. Or, yeah, Stripe Pipe All Day Pod to keep up to date with all the latest podcast news and updates. Thank you guys yet again for joining a, another podcast. It was uh, good to have you on yet again, Will, as always. Uh, and go Bengals. Hopefully, we're, this next podcast, we're going to talk about playoff time. That would be. Very exciting, uh, and hopefully, if the Bengals are to win this week, maybe it can be a pretty chill week as we get the Jets the following week. Uh, I probably just cursed this, but oh well. Uh, go Bengals! Good day, another one. Of the best.